I get copyright violations filed against me. I've had too many weird things get taken down from like Instagram where I'm like screenshotting or like live reacting to a show and then I get a takedown notice because it's copyright violation and it's like look I love Shonda Rhimes and I want her to get every penny she deserves but at the same time like if I am live reacting to Grey's Anatomy and um, specifically showing the scenes where Dr. Bailey's about to get it and get it good because she's a fucking fierce sexy bitch that it should fall under fair use don't you think I'm really keyed up today and it's been a second since I've made a podcast and I'm I'm I've been um sunk in my feelings not in a despair awful kind of way and also I'm driving right now so apologies for the crazy like background noise I tried to, I was going to record one the other night and I was wearing a full snowsuit and I was sitting in my car and I just said, okay, this is not the time nor the place, but I'm driving to work. It's the only time I have. And because my drive is only 29 minutes, uh, right at this point, I think this will be a good length for an episode because sometimes I just get on a real tear. So here's the beef. I, um... I failed. I failed at being a teacher. Um, I still teach at one college, which I'd like to remind my non-Canadian listeners, college in Canada is the same thing as community college in the States. Um, You do not need a master's degree to teach college in Canada. You just need a bachelor's degree. Unless it's a bachelor's degree earning program, in which case you need a master's. I don't teach that kind of classes. I teach office administration. And I like to think I'm pretty darn good at it. Um, I, I think my students that I've had at my one school that I'm at for the second semester in a row, they really like me. They, you know, I've had some ups and downs. I've definitely gotten some weird comments uh, on my student feedback forms. And, uh, yeah, I have had the administration say to me, like, you got to watch the jokes you're making in class. Make sure you're being appropriate. Now, appropriate is a very different bar. What they're talking about is not, like, me saying fuck, kind, whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm, this isn't even a clean versus dirty joke kind of scenario. This is a scenario that is more like students who are coming from a very different culture who do not have strong English skills, but have come from a very formal education environment, and they are also very wealthy. So I have students who you can't be familiar with them or friendly as a teacher without coming across as being inappropriate. I say all of this to say that I got canned from one of my teaching jobs. Not the one I've been at for two semesters, but the other one. And it kind of makes me relieved in retrospect now. Like, it's been a little bit since I got canned. It's hard. It's hard for me to take, though. Um, At the same time, I... (laughs) I don't know that I've ever been fired. I've always been the classic quit right before you're about to get fired kind of gal. And now I have been expressly told I'm a failure. And more frustratingly than not, um, the contract I had for that particular school 
it is easier for them to put in the contract that they can fire you with, without cause at any time than it is to give me a reason why they're firing me. So they fired me without cause and straight up told me we're not allowed to tell you why. They hinted that it had something to do with me saying or doing something inappropriate, which is wild um, because I really rack my brains and I, I'm sure something slipped out that wasn't necessarily offensive to like a day-to-day kind of comment, but more like somebody either interpreted what I was seeing in a weird way. I don't know. There was a couple weird things. Someone blew a hit of weed into the hallway outside my classroom and I was standing there and I turned to somebody else in the hallway. It was before my class started and I didn't realize it was one of my students. And I said, someone's smoking weed in here. Is that the reason I got fired? I will never know. But anyway, long, long, long story short, I am relieved. Getting up at 5 a.m., driving an hour, teaching at 8 a.m., and then teaching and then teaching for three hours and then having a couple hours off and then teaching for another few hours in the afternoon after lunch. Like, it wasn't working. I am relieved. The school can go fuck themselves. It is a very weird way to do business to decide that your students' most likely very mild complaints are a fireable offense rather than coaching the person who is doing the teaching into being a better teacher. Granted, in my case, I would never have become a better teacher because I wasn't planning on teaching anymore after this semester. My ego is only able to tolerate this blow because I knew I was not continuing on in education after this semester. But it's also just like, oh God, my life is a fucking hot mess. I am done teaching in April. Middle April is when exams are. So now I'm just teaching two classes. It means my finances are fucked up. My financial plan of saving up money to relocate to most likely Southern California is now very likely not going to happen in the timeline I originally envisioned it. So I kind of originally saw this semester as being this very studious monastic period where I was just going to teach and drive back and forth between the three different cities I was teaching in and like get everything together and save up a couple grand so I could move, which to be honest, isn't even enough money to move countries, but that was the plan. And now the plan, capital P, turned out to be a bunch of bullshit. And to be fair, life is not something you can plan for. Life is what you live. Your plans are just kind of like a weird idea you have. And sometimes they happen and sometimes you're really focused and you're able to make it happen. Sorry. Ugh. I'm trying to quit smoking, so I just took a hit of this vape. I got a vape. I know I hate myself. Um, and there was like something in it and it got in the back of my throat. Okay, I just tried to clear it out. I have been having the weirdest time with smoking. I'm trying to quit. I do this thing where I go for a long walk. I'm like very secretive about my smoking. And I feel very guilty. Like I'll smoke at this park near my house. I'll walk all the way there. 
I will sit down. I will usually be on the phone with my friend Arlie or I'll be listening to a podcast. I will sit down at a bench. I will be a hundred yards away. I don't know if that's too many yards, but a lot of yards away from the nearest play structure. And there will be no children on the playground. And I will still feel guilty for sitting in a park smoking. Like I live in a suburban neighborhood where no one walks on the sidewalks and the children never play outside because it's too cold right now. And yet I'm still feeling guilty. I'm like covering up my cigarette ashes with my footprints. I'm like putting my cigarette out in the snow and then walking it a hundred feet to the trash can and throwing it away. Like imagine if adults in the eighties had even the slightest notion of what smoking as an adult in 2019 was going to be. It's like, I feel like if a child sees me with a cigarette in my hand, I'm going to go to jail. Meanwhile, when I was a kid, people were smoking with all the windows up in the car for long car trips and I had asthma. So maybe my guilt is misplaced and it's just like more like rage at the past. Anyway, so like I said, I got fired. It was a blow. It wasn't an end. It wasn't like it wasn't like a finishing move like Mortal Kombat style where the guy like pulls your spine out by your head, but it was rough and I didn't I don't take any kind of rejection well. Any even slightest hint of rejection, my my very fragile baby ego always kind of crumbles and then I have to piece myself back together. Um I'm just trying to finish this fucking semester. And, like, I do have one dog-sitting um, gig uh, over what is March break here, which is, like, spring break, but for the kids. And um, so there's a family. I'm on an app. It's called Rover. It's, like, a dog-walking, dog-sitting app. So I'm going to do a little dog-sitting. That'll throw me a couple bucks. Um, I'm going to try and produce some comedy shows, which again, like if anyone told me five years ago, oh, one day you're going to be really broke and you're going to have to throw together four comedy shows to pay your rent. I would be like, no, because producing comedy shows is like the biggest dice game in the world where the dice are weighted against you. Like you don't really make money unless you're screwing over your talent or you're screwing. Shit. I just ran a red. I didn't technically, it was yellow when I entered the intersection, but oops, excuse me. Hopefully it wasn't a red light camera one. Oh my God. I can't afford this. I can't afford to drive. I can't afford to live. Honestly, everyone like is 36 years old, too old to get a sugar daddy. Is it? Can somebody please just send me a check for like five grand? I'm not going to pay it back. I just need it. (laughs) I just need like, I don't know. You know, people who have the kind of parents who are like, oh, congrats on turning 36. Here's, here's 10 grand. So you can go on an all inclusive trip to Sandals in the Bahamas. I don't have those kind of parents. My dad lets me use his credit card like three times a year to book flights because my own credit card is like a very low limit and I can only put like $300 at a time on it. So if I have to put something more than $300, I have to call my dad. And then right now, um, when I came back from Europe, I changed my flight back so that I would start my semester without like having just gotten off of a plane seven hours before. So I paid like an exorbitant three or $400 to change my flight by one day. And I put that on my 
dad's credit card. I still haven't paid him back. It's really weighing on me. Uh, it's also weighing on me, my friend, uh, one of my best friends. I won't say who because I don't want people to realize that this person's a baller. But one of my friends has a little bit of money and uh, threw me some cash so I could buy euros when I went to Europe. Guess who hasn't paid that money back either? It's not a ton. It's a couple hundred bucks. But, like, it's enough for me to feel bad about and to weigh on me. And I know, like, people get mad because they think the secret and abundance and all of this is, like, classist. It's magical thinking. But, like, I am really trying to channel this idea of, like, abundance coming to me in my life. And that I have everything I need right now. And the only thing that's coming towards me is more of the same and better. And, like, I know it's magical thinking. But at the same time, like... I need the universe to give me something. I need an offer from the universe, whether it be like a job offer, an opportunity, or a reason, a raison d'etre perhaps. Like I don't have a purpose right now. I feel like I kind of had always in the back of my plan, in the back of my plan, in the back of my mind had this plan of like eventually I'm going to go back to California. I'm going to go back to Los Angeles. I'm going to keep working in television. I'm going to do stand-up comedy there. And now I'm just like, I don't know. Like, should I just move to Omaha and, like, find a place for $300 a month and, like, tour around in my 2001 Toyota Camry and try and do road gigs? Like, is that even something I'm capable of doing? Is that even something that I want to do? I just don't know. I just didn't know that at 36 everything would be just as hard as it is as it was when I was 26 and I was first moving to Toronto like I left South Florida in a blaze of glory I literally picked up and in two weeks I made the decision and left and I, I had a job I had roommates I just was like fuck this I'm out and I never came back like I visited a, I visited but like I just left and I moved to Toronto where I knew nobody and it took 10 fucking years of time living in Toronto to build up a community to start doing comedy to like have faith in my own abilities to support other artists and I did all that and then I left for a couple years and it feels like it all just crumbled away from me and I know that's not true I know that the nature of like artistic creation is that it's constantly turning over. It's like cells, like skin cells sloughing off. They just constantly are going and, and renewing and starting again. And like that's how we develop um, quality material is like there's always going to be comics that come and go. There's going to be people who take breaks. There's going to be people who leave, who come back, who whatever, right? For me, I just think I don't, I don't have the answers. I'm seeking them, but I know at the end of the day that the answers are going to come from my own inner deep knowledge. Like I, I have to listen and trust myself and that is the honest to God hardest thing to do because I don't believe in myself. And, and I know it's like very easy to be like, oh, I hate myself. I'm a self-loathing comedian, blah, 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 blah. But the truth is I truly am not confident in my own abilities. And at some point I have to bet the house on myself. I have to say, okay, if you want to be a comedian, 
you have to do it. You have to put all your shit into it. You cannot work 50, 40, 50 hours a week at a day job plus 20, 30 hours a week at a comedy job sort of side gig and say that's enough because that's never going to be enough for me. And if I don't give myself a real chance to do this thing, I'm going to regret it. I know I am. And like sometimes I think, well, maybe I really just want to be a writer and like comedy is this weird side distraction that like writers know, anybody listening who's a writer knows like writers are just always looking for something to keep them away from their writing. It's like almost a game we play with ourselves. It's like, I'm going to take this incredibly difficult job in order to afford to be a writer and then I'm not going to have time to do my writing. Sometimes I wonder, is comedy this elaborate hoax I've made for myself? in order to keep me from writing. But the truth is that it is a it is a type of writing. For me, I don't really write words on a page when I do stand up. I kind of just come up with premises. I do a lot of stuff on index cards and then I just write, I write out loud. Um, as a storyteller, a lot of times stuff just comes out of my mouth, you know, and then that's, that's the piece. When I had to write my one person show, um, it was very difficult to sit down and put the words to page and commit those words to, to the paper. And that's part of the struggle of being a writer is committing to yourself, committing to your words, owning them, making them lasting, not throwing them away, right? With me and stand-up though, I just kind of feel like I've never really, really given myself a full shot. I've always given myself this out which is a very lazy and, and it's a very comedian thing to do, which is if you never fully invest yourself in yourself, then you never have to hurt your ego by failing. So if you say, well, I didn't do well at that show, but I wasn't really trying, then your ego stays protected. And I know a lot of comics, especially some of the people who were brand new when I had you know, maybe I was two two or three years in and then I, I knew all these baby comics at the time who would just, they'd get up and they would just throw the opportunity away. Like they would literally throw their entire set in the garbage because they wanted, they, they wanted to seem cool more than they were willing to do the work they needed to be funny. And to be funny, you often have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to make yourself the butt of the joke or you have to be willing to give something honestly and openly to the audience and if you're not willing to give the audience anything because you're too worried about them judging you then you're never gonna do well because you're just worried about looking cool and the people who get on stage and try and look cool there's like a very very small number of people who can pull that off looking cool and being a comedian is not easy the ones who do it are are usually very masterful but like I also find I don't love that style of comedy even when it is done masterfully well most of the time it is not done masterfully well most of the time if they pull it off at all it's a miracle so for me, it's just funny because I find myself at this crossroads of like, what am I focusing on? What am I doing? And I don't have a lot of firm commitments um, grounded in the earth, kind of. Like I don't have, I mean, my dogs live with Dan's right now. It's very sad. I go and see them a couple times a week. If I move away, I'm not going to get to see them. I'm not going to get to live with them. Even just not having them with me 24-7 has been really 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 
difficult. Um, and going through the breakup was obviously difficult. I'm not trying to um, diminish the fact that I'm going through a heartbreak. And, you know, Dan's and I are still pals. We're still close. We still co-parenting the dogs. Like, we get along. It's not like there's any ill will towards each other. But separation is very hard. And, like, learning how to be on my own again and, like, take care of myself and it's all a lot but for me I just have to say is my commitment going to be to comedy is my commitment going to be to living a specific place having a specific quality of life because with comedy if I do it you know there's a there's no ideal place to be a comedian it's always shitty you always end up spending more money on rent than anything else and travel but am I willing to give up the security and the comfort and the ease of not really trying I don't know I want to I just have to find that courage within myself and that sucks it's hard like I always know when my life is going into a, a difficult path when I start thinking about signing up for grad school that's like my low bar I have for myself is like um, as long as I'm still not drinking and I've maintained my my alcohol sobriety um, and I say alcohol sobriety because I do smoke weed and I don't think that compromises my sobriety but some people would say that I don't know everyone can define sobriety their own terms but um, if I'm maintaining my sobriety that is like number one if I'm taking care of my body, my mind, my spirit, etc., in all the other important ways that are also important to my sobriety, that's all. That's number two. Um, if I am, you know, functioning day to day, that's that's those are the main key points I I try to you know take with me. Um, but. Sometimes I I find myself, you know, trying to decide what what does my focus need to be on. And I I don't always know and I so I'm turning to things like tarot cards, which some people ugh, like as much as I love science, as much as I love rationality, as much as I love logic and like whatever like knowledge like science evidence-based knowledge I think you also have to have a little wiggle room in your life for like a spiritual practice or something that is a little bit of magical thinking whatever it is you know some people don't shave their beards when a hockey team is like gonna win a they want to want them to win a playoffs and like for me my form of magical thinking is that like I do tarot cards and I don't believe in like necessarily it being um the ability to forecast or foretell the future but I do think that they are a very valuable tool of self-exploration um, the things that jump out of you jump out at you in a card reading are usually it's your subconscious minds I think other people do believe it's like divinity and whatnot I just think it's your subconscious mind's way of giving you the, the answers and the wisdom you already have within yourself. So for me, like, 
I cringe a little bit because I am a bit of a tarot card, astrology, crystals person, but I also have this very logical science side to me um, where I'm interested in the the data of things and the and the science of things and then and then I get mad at myself because it's like can't you just let me live self can't you just enjoy something and even if you do believe in magic like is that not okay like do you have to be so self-critical at all points of time that you never give yourself a fucking break self I don't even give myself a break when I'm trying to tell myself to give myself a break. I was going into the woods a lot and hiking and I I think I need to get back on that track. Um, It's hard to do because I've been going back and forth between Toronto and Guelph. I've basically been in Guelph to teach. I will go to Waterloo hang out with the dogs. Waterloo's like a half hour from where I live in the opposite direction of Toronto. And then I go to Toronto to do comedy and to see my friends and to be with my platonic life partner, Arlie, um, whose house has basically just become my house. I just, I sleep in her bed with her. I drive her crazy because I, I'm always just leaving everything everywhere and she's a very neat person like desperately afraid of making her get sick of me and she always reassures me she will not um but I I just don't know if I always believe it um so my life is like a lot on the road and it's a lot of sort of I don't know I feel like I'm just kind of trying to recycle the same oxygen almost and I'm not quite grounded in my day-to-day reality like I'll come home I'll clean my room I'll do my laundry I'm like pretty proud of myself for staying on top of all that stuff especially because I'm like renting in this divorced man's house and I don't want him to be like oh this gross woman like who lives in my house traditionally I've always been a bit of a hot mess I've been messy it is how I am I I don't think it's a hard quality that's unfixable. I just think that my tendency is to not look after myself or my things. It's just my personality. It's the way I was raised. It's the, it's the result of a lot of stuff that happened in my life. And like, I, I accept myself. I love myself, but sometimes I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like fucking pick up your 18 cans, your 18 soda water cans and put them in the fucking recycling bin. So yeah, I'm bouncing around a lot. Again, it I do want to be I don't want to be like living in three places and never really fully living and never resting. When I was spending more time like going for walks and going out into the woods, like I think I was definitely having some really important spiritual and emotional breakthroughs and revelations about myself. So, I definitely want to take some some time aside. Even when I go into the city, I think I just need to start taking some some time aside to myself to like get outside, be in nature, connect a bit with the earth, um, you know, do stretches, like go swimming or something, like obviously indoor swimming. Um, that's the thing that makes me really miss living in California and like look forward to the opportunity to go back is that I, I truly love the weather there. I love the way that I love the natural world there. I know 
a lot of people love. It's like almost, it's almost a cliche at this point to complain about living in Los Angeles when you live in Los Angeles. But for me, like, there's just nothing I don't love about it. I mean, there's obviously things that are less than ideal. I think, you know, it's very sprawly. There's a lot of dirt and smog and like people are pushing to be more environmentally responsible there. And I love that about people in Southern California that they, like a lot of people do genuinely care about that sort of thing. But I just miss being there and waking up in the morning and having like a rooftop patio and being able to sit outside and have a coffee in the morning and like have a little sweater on. And you know, it's just, it's just nice to be somewhere where you don't have to wear fucking snow boots ever. I got some arthritis. It would be nice to live somewhere a little bit drier and a little bit warmer. Um, is it scary to leave socialized healthcare, especially when I'm in a union job right now where I have health benefits for the first time in like 10 years? Yes. It's fucking terrifying. I've never been more gulping at a decision in my life. And because of the way things are going, I've got, I don't know if I have to hang back and try and find a spot in Toronto to pull up in so I can save some money. But it's like, I just don't want to get stuck in a day job grind again. Because that's not, I can't work those office jobs. I can't. I go crazy. I know we all have to work. And I will. I just need to find a way that I can work where I'm not going to go bananas. Dog walking seems to be a pretty decent way to do it. Um, and I'm also just like, so over everything about this this semester. This semester could be honestly just completely forgotten by the history books and I would be perfectly happy with it. I've definitely grown. I'm definitely, I've healed a lot. I'm feeling a lot better now than I did, you know, back in October, November, December. You know, Dan's and I have had some really good talks about the breakup, how we both feel you know, taking personal responsibility for stuff and also just reminding myself that I'm the one taking care of me. I'm the only one that's taking care of me. And I've always been the only one that needs to be taking care of me. So like, I'm proud of myself for what I have accomplished. I'm like almost getting to school. So now I'm like going to have this big wind up of like classes in session. Peace out, motherfuckers. Um, but like, I am proud of myself. I've done a lot. I've grown. It's just been a a bit of a slog. You know, I don't love where I'm living. I don't feel comfortable there. It's not my house. I can't just sit in the living room and be on the couch. Like I can't just be in my pajamas. Like I'm always in my room or going for a walk, which is kind of good. I guess the walking part is good. I've been cutting back severely on smoking with the plan to eventually just vape only and then eventually nothing. I've been doing a lot. I, I guess I got to give myself a little bit more credit. I, I have been doing a lot. And then I, you know what? I, I think everybody who's reached out and said, hey, I love your podcast. I've been listening. You've been catching up on the old ones. Hey, are you going to put out a new one? Whatever. Like, I appreciate the people who have supported that, supported me in that, because it has been a a little bit of a, like, it's already fucking February. How did that happen? 
you know, the sun just came out. I'm driving to school. I'm early. I'm going to go in. I'm going to teach my class. It's my favorite class. Um, I really love this group of students. And, and honestly, this, this class is the only good shining light on my semester because they're a fun bunch. Um, and yeah, I'm just going to go live my fucking life. I'm doing a bunch of shows. If you're in Toronto, please go to my Facebook fan page, Catherine McCormick. Um, also keep an eye on my McCormcore Productions fan page if you're not on that, because I'm going to be producing a bunch of shows in Guelph, in Toronto over the next little while. And oh, I just got the best parking spot. Oh my God. I'm so blessed. This is unheard of. Um, but I'm going to be around and I'm opening up for Marilla Wax. She's doing an album taping on the 27th of February and I am um, opening up for her both shows. I think the first early show is sold out, but the second show still has tickets. Please come. I'm also doing some other great shows, which I will promote on my own. Um, I'm just living life and trying to do my best, everyone. And I hope you are as well. Thank you for sharing this time with me. I hope it wasn't too, like, I hope it didn't stress you out. Um, I'd love to hear from you if you are listening. I know people are listening because I can see the numbers. It's not, like, crazy amounts of folks, but it's enough for me to feel good about it. I just also would love to remind you, if you're listening, if you have any questions, thoughts, feedback, stories, anecdotes, please message me. I would love to hear them. I would love to hear from you. And I have heard from a couple people and it's really made my day. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode's okay because I'm literally going to post it without listening to it. Okay. Bye.